My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I do will it. Be clean. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This man who had been was afflicted with the obvious skin disease that was called leprosy, which is not the disease that we know as leprosy in our modern med medical world. But it was the disease of the skin. And as the book of Leviticus tells us, that would render someone unclean. This man lived in an environment just surrounded by shame and shaming and humiliation. And, and he himself was filled with shame and humiliation. He has to, according to the law, stay away from everyone, live outside the camp, outside the town, announce his presence by shouting, unclean, unclean. The people would avoid him, scorn him, stay away from him, lest they not, not that they would catch the disease, but that they would be rendered unclean by being in too close contact with him. And the thing is, that the rabbis who interpret the Old Testament over many centuries suggest, more than suggest, there's a great consensus that the diseases they called leprosy were punishments from God for the sin of slander. But nonetheless, they were, it was a punishment from God, which is why it made one unclean. And so internally, this man may not have any clue whatsoever what he could possibly have done to earn this punishment from God, but he's probably sure that he's done something. And so his shame comes not only from outside, but from inside. You are unclean. You are unworthy. You're imperfect. You're inadequate. You're defective. You deserve this. Shame can have a stifling effect on us. It scares us. It separates us. We just keep hiding on more and more and more. And most of all, shame will tell us that there's nothing we can do to change it. You're stuck this way. But this man hears about Jesus. And something stirs deep within him beneath the shame. Something that, that's called faith. 
that says no matter what the shame tells you is impossible, there's hope. Trust. But to do that, trusting is going to take an act of great courage. It's going to be hard. It's going to involve exposing oneself where you don't want to be exposed. And it's going to risk ridicule and rejection. But somehow or another, this man musters the courage. And the way the scene is played out as it's described by Mark, I can't help to think that he rehearsed what he was going to do very carefully so that somehow or another, he could be as honest and direct and as clear as trusting and as open without any sense of entitlement whatsoever. So he approaches Jesus and kneels down in a gesture of humility. And then he says the perfect sentence, which is why I think he must have practiced a lot. If you wish, you can make me clean. Not please make me clean. If you wish, you can, you can make me clean. And Jesus always finds that kind of faith completely irresistible. And immediately, Mark tells us that Jesus is moved with pity, which doesn't quite capture the words that come across in Aramaic. Because to be those words moved with pity or something about his entire whole being is drawn to this man with great compassion. He is feeling his pain, feeling his shame, feeling his darkness. And he wants nothing more than to relieve him, to restore him. And out of that deep and profound pity and compassion comes his answer. I do will it. Be made clean. The way the man phrased it, phrased his request, left Jesus the option of saying, sorry, this is God's will for you. You're stuck with it. I can't contradict the law. But the compassion and compity that Jesus has experienced so deeply as he encounters humanity, overcomes that. And it is his will. And it is God's will. Not that this man experience eternal punishment, but that he be given health and belonging and welcome and dignity and respect and inclusion. And so moved with pity, Jesus reaches out and touches him. Another taboo, we don't touch a leper. He's already too close, allowing the leper to approach him. But he touches the leper and speaks the words, be made clean. I do will it. A gesture of touch. Words of healing. And the man is instantly clean. Jesus knows that. The man knows that. But the community that has shunned him does not know that. And so Jesus says, sternly warns him. And the warning is, go show yourselves to the priests. Let them confer what has happened here. That's an important step. That's how you become back in. That's how you are restored. 
Don't skip that step. Let the community welcome you back with its rituals and its rites. Allow that to happen. And then you will be whole and you will be restored. He also tells the man to not tell anybody, but the man doesn't listen to that. We don't know if he went to the priest. We don't know what he did. We know he was made clean. And that word of this spread everywhere until Jesus cannot enter any town. So in a sense, he becomes a leper. He can't go into the cities. He has to stay out in the deserted places. And he's fine with that out on the margin. Where people will come to him. People who can't enter cities. They will find him where they are. And out he goes. So what does that mean for any of us? There are some among us, some among us in the world, whose source of shame is very obvious to everyone, just like the lepers was. And they suffer. And they suffer shunning and humiliation and feel shame. But there are many, many more of us, in fact, all of us, I believe, who somehow, some way, without it known, being known to anyone else, have something that is true of us, that we know about, that fills us with shame, that tells us we are inadequate, we are incomplete, we are imperfect, we are unworthy. It may be some action we did a long time ago. It may be something that's just something we carry around within us. It may be the result of the shaming messages that we get too many of, that we're no good, that will never amount to anything, that somehow or another, no matter how much we're faking it and getting along, we know the truth that we don't belong and we're not competent. And we have this one thing about us that is holding us back. And so often that is in secret, but still the shame is there. I think one of the things this story in the gospel is inviting us to is to see if we can't bring that part of us into the presence of Jesus. Acknowledge it humbly. Beg him for healing, if it is his, his will. Experience his compassion, not in spite of what is wrong with us, but because of what is wrong with us. And let him embrace us with that compassion. And maybe there will be that one more step to somehow or another share it with the community in some way, shape, or form. Because something I have come to believe very strongly is that the one thing that is true of every one of us is that we have something in us that we think we are the only one who possesses this defect. And yet it may be the very thing that unites us most closely with each other. So it is great and wonderful and good to bring our need for healing to Jesus and to receive it. But it is equally and maybe even more important to share that experience, acknowledge the truth about ourselves in the presence of others, to find out indeed that it hasn't separated us, but it is actually uniting us to everyone else. And allow the shame of all of us that continues to separate and isolate us to be overcome by compassion, overcome by humility and overcome by a true sense of community in which we share not our great gifts but our deep and profound shame 
and need for the healing presence of God that comes through one another.